Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a rating and review. You can also support the podcast at Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Bairdo. That's B-A-I-R-D-O. At Montreal, there's a bridge that spans the St. Lawrence and may seem relatively normal as far as bridges go. Running three kilometers with 24 ice-breaking piers, the bridge is far from normal. When it was built... A decade before Canada existed as a country, it was hailed as the eighth wonder of the world. It was an engineering achievement unlike anything seen at the time. So let's dive into the history of this bridge. In the first half of the 1800s, there was a need for a link over the St. Lawrence River to connect the island of Montreal to the rest of Canada and the Atlantic coast. Prior to the construction of the Victoria Bridge, it was often impossible to cross the St. Lawrence River during the winter season, and extremely dangerous during the freezing and thawing of the spring and fall. Now to remedy this, Thomas Kiefer chose a site for the bridge. While the structure was designed by Robert Stevenson and Alexander Mackenzie Ross, the chief engineer for the project would be James Hodges, with the English partnership of Peto, Brazy, and Betts serving as the contractors for the bridge. Many thought such a structure of that size could not be built, but thankfully, commerce trumped any concerns and work commenced, and for the public in Montreal, the bridge was a source of great excitement. At the time, Canada did not have the funds for building the bridge, so the promoters of the idea went to England in 1852 and were able to arrange with the contractors to build the bridge, as well as parts of the Grand Trunk Railway. So the deck of the bridge, which was a tubular bridge, was made of iron sections from England that had to be shipped across the Atlantic. The project was a great effort and at its peak of construction, six steamboats, 72 barges, and 3,040 men, as well as many children aged 8 to 12, were working on the bridge. There were also 144 horses and four engines helping with the build process, which cost $6.6 million at the time. In today's funds, it would be about $114 million. The entire construction was spurred on by the Grand Trunk Railway, which was currently trying to connect the Great Lakes with a port at the Atlantic Ocean. All those workers and their families had to live nearby as well, in temporary camps called Victoria Town. Now for James Hodges, the building of the bridge was plagued by difficulty, 
For one, the water froze every winter. In the summer, the challenge of building across a 2.5 kilometer wide river that floated 11 knots was apparent, and barriers had to be installed so that work could proceed and dry docks and piers could be anchored. In the building of the bridge, 1.5 million rivets were used to hold the structure together, and the ice-breaking cut waters pointed upstream, breaking the ice would come down the river and prevent ice jams. The bridge would help with various innovations as well, including ice-breaking piers, steam derricks, and more. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Now one interesting thing about the construction was that workmen discovered the human remains of Irish immigrants who had come to Canada to flee the potato famine, but died during the typhus epidemic of 1847. A large rock was erected at the bridge approach called the Irish Commemorative Stone, or Black Rock, to honour the dead, and an inscription on the rock reads, To preserve from desecration the remains of 6,000 immigrants who died of ship fever AD 1847-8. This stone is erected by the workmen of Messrs. Peto, Brazy, and Betts, employed in the construction of the Victoria Bridge, A.D. 1859. The honouring of the dead at the site was important to the workers, since most of them were from Ireland themselves and had come over around the same time. Some of the workers had just recently come over to work on the bridge and had the cost of their passage taken out of their checks. But it wasn't just Irish workers who worked in the harsh conditions on the bridge. Mohawk workers were also on hand, providing brute force labour with the Irish. As the bridge was built, various celebrations were held throughout the process. When the first pier was completed, 20 metres below water level, a banquet with music was held. More celebrations would be held as each milestone was reached. And once the bridge was completed in 1859, it was the longest bridge in the world at the time. On November 15, 1859, a small engine went over the bridge, making itself the first locomotive to go over. Nine days later, the executives of Grand Trunk took a contractor engine and platform car to the centre of the bridge, where they gave three cheers for Queen Victoria, and then proceeded to the other side. The first freight train to move across the bridge happened on December 12, 1859, while the first passenger train passed over the bridge on December 17. The first passenger train was greeted with a thousand people arranged in tables along the rails for this big and momentous event. Now the original name of the bridge was the Great Victoria Bridge, which was changed to the Victoria Jubilee Bridge in 1897 and then Victoria Bridge in 1978. Now speaking of Victoria, she was invited to the official opening of the bridge on August 25, 1860, but she declined and Albert Edward, the future King Edward VII, and at the time the Prince of Wales, came to inaugurate the bridge instead, 
and for several days around the inauguration of the bridge, balls and banquets were held in celebration of this accomplishment. The bridge would have an immense impact on Montreal and its economy. With this link across the river, the city quickly grew and became one of the most important centres in Canada. No longer did goods have to come from ferry across the river. At the time, the bridge was enclosed in a tunnel, rather than being open at the top like it is now. For train engineers entering the tunnel, this could bring trepidation as only one train could go on the track at a time. Trains would slow down at the entrance to the tunnel, and passengers would crowd at the windows. But there's no ventilation in the tunnel, so all the smoke from the train going through the tunnel would fill the tunnel with smoke and some of it would seep into the trains. Over the next 150 years, the bridge would be upgraded and changed to adjust it to the changing times and changing technologies. Today, the bridge is still used. Each of those new reservations were also accompanied by official openings. One such opening happened in 1899 when George Reeve, the general traffic manager for Grand Trunk, took his horse and carriage over the bridge. Two years later, the Duke and Duchess of York, the future King George and Queen Mary, re-inaugurated the span as the Victoria Jubilee Bridge. Now while the bridge has changed a great deal over the years, those same stone piers still exist and can still be seen to this day. Information for this piece comes from Wikipedia, Heritage Montreal, McCord Museum, Montreal Gazette, and Montreal Times. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Canadian History X, and if you did, please give a like and review. You can reach me at crwbaird at gmail.com, and you can find hundreds of articles on my website at canadax.blogspot.ca. That's